0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Double D, the Davrum download. And today we're gonna to talk about uh two things, uh two games actually. Uh one that I just beta tested not too long ago. In uh, Destiny 2, uh, a game that if you've been following this particular uh, podcast, you'll know that I've been very excited for it for a very long time, as this is the very first time that uh, Destiny uh, 2, or any sort of Destiny game, will be available via PC. They've always been available for uh, consoles. Uh, the first Destiny, uh, you know, throughout its entire history and still popular today, has always been available via consoles, but never via uh, PC. And finally, uh bungie uh partnered with blizzard and uh they're they're gonna come out with a pc version and for those of us who pre-ordered the version i think they did a little bit of an open beta as well we had the opportunity to uh do some beta testing Um, And I went in with honestly low expectations as I heard so many negative comments about how the first Destiny was handled and uh, taken care of that going into the beta test, I was like, well, you know, I already have a bad taste in my mouth from my friends and and everyone else who played Destiny 1. Um, I'm not going to expect much. And um, I'll be honest with you, I was completely blown away. I, uh, I loved the brief little story mission that you got. It takes you about, you know, about 30 minutes-ish if you're not rushing through it. Uh, maybe even closer to 20 minutes to get through. Uh, and you really get a nice little backstory going into Destiny 2. Now, given I didn't really understand a whole lot of the stuff because I never played Destiny 1, so I didn't have that as a reference guide. Uh, however, I got the, the, the war feeling, I got the, the feeling of the, you know, these these enemy guys coming in trying to suck the life out of um, what appears to be a planet or a star or an energy source for these folks, um, and the battle that pursued, and then of course you get to see the, what I assume is going to be uh, the ending boss for Destiny 2, at least the first part of it, uh, in this big hulking beast that uh, uh, without spoiling anything really puts a damper in and in, in your plan and really kind of in my opinion adds a nice little Cliffhanger ha ha ha, ha. jab 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 if you actually played it uh, To the opening storyline now um, many people who are probably listening to this this podcast uh, You may already have it on console and that's awesome And I know a lot of people have been playing it a lot of content creators have been doing a lot of stuff out there if you're interested in destiny 2 there's plenty of opportunities out there to see what this game is all about. Um, now, I really enjoyed that storyline. I feel that the controls on the PC work really, really well. Um, I'm not very—I'm not a very good console player. Um, so, you know, putting a controller in my hand for a first-person shooter is really a bad idea. I will not perform very well, um, let alone playing a uh, uh, a shooter to begin with. I don't do very well but um the controls felt really good on pc now some of the quick um buttons you know you got r for reload a couple of the quick buttons felt a little off to me. Um, however, you can like the, I think the melee button is like V or something like that. It's just bad positioning for the keyboards in my opinion. Um, you can reprogram all those buttons. So uh, when I actually play the game uh, here next month, I unfortunately have to wait till October uh, to play the live game. I will be rebinding a lot of the keys. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do a, uh, a recorded video on on my particular setup and maybe that'll help uh, other PC users kind of feel more comfortable uh, with some of the buttons. Just, just they're just not in the right place in my opinion. But overall story, like I said, very good. Uh, gameplay uh, felt really good to me. Um, I was able to get through the storyline with both the Hunter and the Warlock, Enjoyed both classes relatively equally, but I spent more time on the Hunter uh, just because she felt more comfortable to me in the PVP environment. It could just because I'm not used to how Destiny's PvP system works. I felt that uh, the the PvP map that they gave us, which was control the points, you had three points, uh, the longer you had the points, the more points you got. So if you had two points, you gain points faster than your opponent and you eventually win. Um, I just felt like her play style and PvP matched up to mine. Now with that being said, I never did play the Titan, which is kind of the tanky shield guy. Um, Definitely important in raids from what I've been told. Uh, definitely important in the, um, the PV, uh, pve content uh but also i saw the titan doing very very well um in the pvp content however the placing of the shields uh, in pvp it's in my opinion it's a little bit harder as you are going against other players so there's not like raid mechanics that you focus on right there's not a a way to beat this guy um because he's jumping all over the place and he's trying to kill you so um in my opinion the titan shields you're going to have to be maybe on a voice chat or really have a good team that understands how the cohesion of the different classes work together uh, to really give the maximum utilization of the of the different classes. Uh, I did enjoy the ability that I have on my Warlock to be able to heal. Uh, that was a very cool ability to have. Um, I utilized it a lot. Um, I, I got top healing uh, a couple, well, I mean like top support uh, a couple times. But the hunter, like I said, felt really good to me. Had really good kill ability, um, fast killing, um, and and good elusiveness. So I felt really good about that. I also like the fact that you you know you can equip your guy with different armors and and weaponry. Again, for those of you who've played Destiny before, this is nothing new to you. This is something that you you've had. Uh, but for a new Destiny player such as myself, that concept was really cool because I come from a um, a massive multiplayer gaming background um and my massive multiplayer gaming first person shooter is planetside and planetside is very open world constant battles going on um and you get to equip and and change your classes and and unlock new stuff so it kind of pairs together the things I like from like EverQuest and WoW where you've got PvE content that allows you to equip things and do PvP. Um, with that being said, your big ultimate boom weapon, rocket launcher, grenade launcher, what you know, orb launcher, whatever the big boom ability that you have as far as a gun, not your ultimate ability that you have as a class, but your big gun ability, um, that is restricted in PvP. In the fact that you don't just get ammo for that, you have to find it on the walls and they're on a cooldown. So you're not having like the big old fashioned Quake Wars of BFGs and, and all that kind of stuff going off all over the place because it is on a cooldown and you do have to wait, defend it until it's unlocked, and then hopefully you get it without dying um so that was that was something i i really did enjoy but overall um being that we only got one pvp map and one little short uh, Storyline the beta was very short. Um, I don't blame them at all for not giving us a lot of content um, Because the more content they give you on the beta the less content that you're going to be surprised about on launch Now there are going to be people that don't play the beta. That's everything's new to them uh, But for those in you know in their opinions very important people who are testing their game and stress testing servers and and um, testing um, how things are operating inside the game in the different game modes Beta testers are very important and also those become some of your most loyal players and most loyal fans. So you want to make sure when they start playing the game for real, the game that they're purchasing and giving you money for, that they have a lot, a lot, a lot, like close to 100% as possible content that they've never had an opportunity to mess with. A lot of people didn't like that. They're like, oh, this is just another, you know, Destiny 1 expansion, that's what it feels like, blah blah blah. In my opinion, the graphics look absolutely beautiful, and the fact that we get 4K graphics on PC is just amazing. 60k f- or 60 frames per second, 4K graphics on PC is absolutely brilliant. Because at 1080p, 60 frames, which is what I was playing in, the graphics are gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. And the little nuances they add, such as you know, explosion going off or or in and one of the camp or the in the campaign mode, this big drill comes by you and it shakes your screen. You look through fire, you see the haze in the fire. They spend a lot of time on the detail. And, And for me, and especially in a first person shooter, where it's usually you versus the other guy, I kill you, done. The little detail pieces of a little flag moving or, or a little character making a motion or typing on a keyboard or the screen shaking when something big happens near you or the waves if you're looking through fire, those little pieces of detail mean a lot to me. And they mean a lot because it means that they're focused on that detail and they're not going to give up on the detail, both important and just cosmetic. Um, through their development, which a lot of people kind of bitched about in uh, Destiny 1 as they focus mostly on, you know, raids and grinding and all that stuff. And I'm sure Destiny 2 is going to have its fair share of grinding. That's just an MMO. And a lot of people who come into this game with a first person shooter mindset are not prepared for that grind. Um, and you saw a lot of that in the frustrations of Destiny 1. But for me and for my MMO fans who also like first person shooters, this game is awesome because we get to be able to shoot, we get to be able to play the campaign with a great story, we get to have that awesome PVP experience, first person shooter, and we get the grinding factor of experience and equipment. Absolutely outstanding. And we get the raids and stuff like that. So I'm very, very much looking forward to the launch of Destiny uh, in October for the PC. And I encourage anyone who is interested in either MMO content or who's interested in first-person shooters or a combination of both, definitely check out Destiny. Um, the 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 downloads and stuff like that for PC will and the the voice chat will all be uh, housed by Blizzard and Battle.net, which I'm very excited for. Um, the one downside I have, which I talked with uh, PR Tech on in our uh, our our episode of Double D for the Tech Talk, um, the thing we don't like is it's still doing peer to peer. The fact that we're still doing peer to peer connections for uh playing destiny 2 is really bothersome this is 2017 there shouldn't be a need for focusing uh, primarily on peer-to-peer you already have blizzard providing you battle.net to house your installer to house your patcher and to house your voice chat why not just add the little bit extra money and have them house the servers i don't know if it's something blizzard didn't want to do Uh, They're all kind of the conglomerate there with Activision. I don't know if that's something they didn't want the Blizzard name tag on in case something went bad like in Destiny 1 where a lot of people got irritated with it or if it's just, you know, the money wasn't there or something like that. But with Amazon, um, with their uh, cloud-based services, with Microsoft's Azure cloud-based services, there's a lot of very economical ways of providing a solid server experience without doing the peer-to-peer crap, which gives which gave Destiny a lot of its issues uh, in its first rendition. But overall, I think some of the issues that I read that a lot of people were complaining about in Destiny 1, I don't think they're all going to be fixed. Um, however, I do think it's a solid, good game and should rate pretty high on, on the ratings and reviews. Uh, I haven't looked at the console reviews just because again, I'm trying to avoid spoilers because I know I'm not, I haven't even watched it. Like some of my favorite streamers are streaming it, not even watching it. I refuse to watch it because again, I want to experience this with my viewership. I want to be to do podcasts and reviews of it and i want to do recorded reviews of it um, to see it for the first time with my viewers um, and experience even though some of those viewers may have already seen it but i want that experience um, just as a content creator and a gamer uh, in general so i haven't looked at the reviews yet i haven't looked at what other people specifically console players are playing it um, what they're saying but also again it's on PC and in console, which which could be very different playing experiences based on, you know, internet connectivity. You know, they have got um, a little issue from what I've been understanding from a friend of mine who has it on console already uh, with wireless um, bandwidth not having quite enough oomph to do things. But uh, again, very disappointing that they went with the peer-to-peer. Uh, but overall, I've already pre-ordered the game. I'm excited to play it in October, uh, and I can't wait to uh, talk to you guys after it releases on that. Another game that I've been very, very attached to and a game that I think has done a very good job in a short amount of time, uh, and if you follow my channel on Mixer.com slash Davram, where I do stream uh, live, I play this game just about every single night. And it's Fortnite. And Fortnite is made by uh, Epic Games, who also brought you games like Paragon. And it's a plants versus zombies mixed with, like PUBG, H1Z1, third person viewing. Basically, it's got a really cool story where this zombie horde called the Storm, they're actually called husks, they're not called zombies. And you've got different types uh, from guys who love fire and guys who love like pestilence, to big beefy guys that just bust down buildings and doors, trying to not only kill you, but also destroy some sort of structure Um, that is there to help you save the world. The idea is the storm has attacked the world and is destroying cities and killing people. And your job is to try to not only stop the storm, but save as many people as possible. Um, there are A few features that I like about this game, it has a really nice customizable talent tree and research tree, which both can uh, help you customize your character. Now, eventually, if you keep grinding it out and playing, you will be able to unlock everything. But as you're leveling up, it's best to focus on what you want your strengths to be, either fighting or building. Or, or what you want your strengths to be, melee versus range, sniper versus shotgun, it's all in the talent tree and you can really customize your character to fit your play style um, and make a really cool character. For example, I'm playing primarily the Constructor, which is a guy who's supposed to be focusing on shotguns um, and does really awesome with building powerful traps and building excellent structures to keep the husks from destroying um, people from destroying structures that you need to save and you need to uh, work on and repair to help save the world. His job is to build the fortifications and trap the fortifications to try to keep the waves of husks out during the the, the tower defense phase of the game. Now, when I say tower defense, I'm not talking about your classic tower defense where you're in the point of view of God and you're looking down, you're placing down structures. You're always remaining in that third person above the shoulder shooter's Style um, position, and you build what amounts to a tower defense, where the husks are going to take the least, um, the the least resistance road to what they want to destroy or get to, and you can place walls up, reinforce the walls, and build traps to hopefully slow them down and kill them um, in order to save the um, save what you're trying to to save. There are multiple different maps from maps where you're just saving people to maps where you're protecting a bus uh, that has a big uh, blimp on top of it uh, to lift it up but overall lots of different uh, play styles, lots of different um, features that this game offers. uh, Kind of a variety gamer that's not maybe so good at first person shooters um, but still enjoys to play a shooter still likes the uh, strategy of a tower defense strategy game um, and also kind of likes the zombie um, horde. The other thing that this game offers is the graphics. Now, they're not like super awesome stellar graphics that are going to jump at it and make you feel like you're actually in the game. They're meant to be a very cartoony style, almost like you're playing a cartoon or or you're playing inside of a comic book. But personally, I think the art style that they've used is really, really good. Um, and it's really friendly and gentle to the eye. And it's a really honestly an easy game to pick up. If you're not that great at video games, it's still a game that you can still point and shoot, um, you know, and it's, it's not that bad. Nice aiming system. Um, some of the guns are a little inaccurate. Some of the guns are really accurate. Um, but ultimately you can customize, as I said, the character the way you want. Constructors are supposed to focus on shotguns. I found a sniper rifle that I like and I'm focusing on sniper rifles. So though the game kind of tells you what your character should focus on, Constructor being someone who is building and maybe in the heat of combat while he's trying to repair walls or traps should probably use the shotgun because it's close range i like putting up very strong solid tower defense and structures that i can stand on top of and pick things off as they're coming in so the husks are weakened as they hit my traps and there's a less chance that one they're going to blow up my walls two they're going to get through my traps and actually get to the objective as far as the other classes, there's the ninja, which is supposed to focus on uh, melee. There is the soldier who focuses on the assault rifles. Uh, and there's the outlander who also is kind of combination of, of, of weapons. As you save survivors, which are the people you're trying to save, um, you also get points and those points can be used to get llamas and they're big pinata llamas that kind of talk smack and you bust them and they give you more things such as schematics. Schematics are really awesome because it gives you the ability to craft weapons in the game. You do have to blow up, everything is destructible in this game, so you can blow up terrain to uh, collect resources in order to build your weapons. All your weapons, no matter what rarity they have, they have some sort of durability and will get destroyed with use. So you have to constantly be aware of your gun's durability and also that you have the resources in order to remake your gun. For example, I upgraded my sniper rifle recently to a point where I can't collect the resources I need to make it. It was really disappointing that I did that. However, I had all the warnings in the world that I shouldn't do this because the gun is now out-leveled me, which means the gun needs better resources than what I can get. So the game tells you this stuff if you're reading the stats uh, and you just have to avoid that. And I, you know, thought I was gonna be cute and make this really awesome sniper rifle and, well, got screwed. And now I can't make it at all until I level up. But with these llamas, with the missions, you, unlike other heroes and the other heroes may look different. They're still going to be a constructor. They're still going to be a ninja, a soldier, an outlander, whatever they may be, but they're going to have potentially different special abilities. Um, you know, maybe one has a grenade where another one has the ability to pop out a metal llama that gives you resources while a constructor can reinforce balls while, you know, other constructors can you know, drop supply chests or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of really cool things you can do to customize your character, both in looks and abilities. Right now, the game is in early access. The low point of the price for early access is $40. The high point gets into the hundreds, and then you have an opportunity to, again, upgrade the game again to get more friend codes. The game is available on Xbox, PS4, and PC, uh, along with Mac, but it's not crossplay. The game has the crossplay built in and during a patch not too long ago they actually allowed the crossplay to happen and then said oops sorry and backed it up because you know Sony's not all hip with the whole crossplay with Xbox thing because they're dumb. But it's a really awesome game but what they've done what they've done is they've now looked at the market and said what's hot right now? What is hot is PUBG, player unknown battleground very popular game for both streamers, content creators, and now eSports, of the the third-person-above-the-shoulder shooting game Battle Royale Last Man Standing match with a big open world with a collapsing border that that forces you into a smaller and smaller tight corner until you've got one person left, and they get that illustrious winner-winner chicken dinner. Well, PUBG doesn't have a release date. It's also only on PC right now, though coming up by the end of the year will be released on beta for the exclusive Xbox launch sometime next year. It also doesn't have an official release date. Fortnite doesn't have a release date either. However, they did say in 2018, it will be going free to play. So you can play it now if you buy the early access, one of the early access packs or get a friend invite from someone um, if they have a code because of the pack that they bought, but they have a more defined release date than PUBG. So what they did was they looked at the industry and they realized that content creators, that viewers, that everyone is jumping on the bandwagon of PUBG, and PUBG doesn't have a release date. PUBG is also only currently offered on one platform, soon to be two platforms. Fortnite is on all platforms with Crossflay already built into their software, just not activated. So what they did was this, or last week, uh, we're looking at right now, um, September 19th. Last week they launched a uh, beta test for anyone actively playing called Battle Royal. Battle Royal, just like PUBG, is a hundred man survival last man standing match with a retractable border on basically what amounts to an island, a very large island, You instead of in PUBG, where you jump out of a plane parachute, in Fortnite, you jump out of the battle bus that you save and you hang glider in. Why I like this a little bit better than PUBG as far as both playing and watching is it's not just go pick up a gun and shoot someone, hide, shoot someone, avoid getting killed by the border. This also brings into the game the Fortnite core piece, which is building. Every, you start with a pickaxe, which in PUBG you start with nothing. Uh, with a pickaxe, you know, you can do a little bit of damage if you hit someone, but if they have a gun, you're going to lose. Um, but you can destroy things, right? You can destroy buildings, you can destroy trees, rocks, whatever you want, and you can actually build your own fortification. Now, you can't use any of your schematics you got in the in the primary game, because that would be unfair if someone has a whole bunch of legendaries and you're already at a disadvantage. So everything has to be found or harvested. There's no building of weapons or traps. You have to find your traps, you find your ammo, you find everything inside the battle royal. But what's cool is you can build a fortification. Um, And it's gonna be a lot different than husks because players aren't going to look for the path of least resistance. They're going to look for the path that they don't die. So they're going to try to blow up your walls with, you know, their pickaxe. They're going to do whatever they can, but you can be really cheeky and put a trap in a place where, you know, the player's not going to expect it. They walk in zap. They're, you know, shocked with lightning or gassed or, you know, spiked or something. And they don't, uh, they don't notice it. You know, they, they get hurt. You finish them off or they die because your trap was so awesome. It is still a beta test, but it is going to launch next week on September 26th for all platforms, the Battle Royale. And uh, right now it's been very popular. Not as popular, of course, as as PUBG, because a lot of people have already purchased PUBG. They don't want to purchase Fortnite just for another Battle Royale system. A lot of people also got really irritated at Fortnite because they did kind of thumb their, you know, thumb the finger on the nose of PUBG, and they said, well, why are you copying PUBG? You have your own game. Well, here's the thing. People don't always like grinding, and though the storyline and the grinding of Fortnite, in my opinion, is very fun, a lot of people don't like that and want the ability to break away from that and still play the game. Now you have a multiple. Now you have a game that has multiple game modes uh, that you can kind of switch back and forth based on your daily taste or or how you're feeling. The other thing I would like Fortnite to do is I would like them to add into the the game rewards for winning. So right now, if you win, yeah, you won. That's it the two game modes are not linked in any way, shape or form. I feel like there should be a prize for at least first place in a schematic or a chest or a llama or something that gives people, you know, a push in order to try to win. We don't know necessarily what this game is going to hold on the release of Battle Royale on the 26th, but I anticipate um, that that Epic Games will do something to incentivize uh, winning the Battle Royale mode. Um, but for all the haters out there who don't like the fact that Fortnite basically copied PUBG, get off it. You know, I have no interest right now in playing PUBG just because it doesn't have a release date. And a lot of people are like, well, if it's a good game, why does it matter? Because we've seen the fiascos that is H1Z1, where they keep taking your money and taking your money and taking your money and keeping things in alpha and beta and never, um, moving it to production. And in my opinion, that's like a company stealing from you like McDonald's. They take your money and instead of a McRib, you get a McDouble, right? They don't give you what you're paying for, you are paying for a video game they are giving you an uncomplete video game. And yes, PUBG is still incomplete. Its servers are not that stable. Uh, They still have rebounding issues, rubber banding issues, desync issues. And I'll tell you, I have not experienced any of the desync issues in Fortnite, and I rarely experience the rubber bands. I have a very powerful computer and also really awesome internet. So I don't know if that plays into it. I'm assuming it does. But in my opinion, I've seen a lot of people playing Um, uh, PUBG that have really awesome internet and really awesome computers, but are still having the desync issues and the rubber banding issues that they've seen since the very beginning. If you're going to have a game that is in early access without a release date, I'm not going to support you, period, end of story. And I know I'm just one person, but I hope there's more people out there that listen to this and follow that model just for the sheer fact of they're stealing your money. Give me a release date and I'll support your game. Fortnite has a release date or a tentative release date, um, and their game is a lot more polished and a lot shorter amount of time than PUBG. But either way, I'm having a lot of fun. And if you are interested in seeing what fortnite has to offer please do tune in nearly every weeknight except for wednesdays every weeknight mixer m-i-x-e-r dot com slash davram if you have an xbox you can go to the mixer tab on your xbox and find me there by searching for davram Mix, mixer is the xbox and microsoft streaming platform competitor to twitch uh hitbox and youtube gaming uh so that is uh where you can find me and you can definitely see me playing some fortnite um just about every single night the last thing i wanted to touch on today and it was something that just happened today actually uh the 19th of september youtube announced sponsors what is sponsors you ask Sponsors are their way of basically Twitchifying YouTube. YouTube has had a lot of problems recently because of the de- of the automatic demonetization demonetida- of violent or semi-violent video games content, <clears throat> which really puts a damper on the gaming industry. Because people who want to know about Call of Duty, about Destiny, about Battlefield, there's a lot of content creators out there on YouTube that give you information about that: how to do this, how to do this, best practices, you know, pro tips. Now that that is automatically demonetized, those content creators are creating content, putting it up on YouTube. It's being demonetized and they're not making money, which they should be getting. And so a lot of, um, they're having a lot of issues with, <clears throat> with ad revenue at YouTube that ad people are pulling out. Why there is a lot of violent content on YouTube that isn't necessarily video game related, that you know advertisers don't wanna be a part of. And I completely understand that. However, Google owns YouTube, and the power of Google is unimaginable. The fact that they can't find out a better system uh, to use AI or bots or whatever they're doing to avoid quality gaming content or avoid gaming content in general, just because it's violent. I mean, we've got a lot of games out there. Fortnite's violent. It's not like someone showing you how to make a bomb or anything. It's a video game. And yes, I know we've got the whole thing out there of people still saying that video games cause cause school shootings and terrorist attacks. It's completely bullshit. It's the person it's the environment they grow up on. I won't get on that tangent in this video or in this, this podcast video, I'm recording a video tomorrow. Why, why did I say video? I don't know. I don't know. But in the end, content creators are leaving. They're going to VidMe, which doesn't have that issue because they don't have ads. Um, They don't have ads yet. They don't, you know, they're going to be able to pick and choose and kind of learn from YouTube's mistakes. So what is this sponsors thing? It gives the people, the subscribers, the viewers on YouTube, and specifically the viewers on YouTube gaming, which is their streaming platform, the ability to now sponsor the particular streamer which basically amounts to a twitch 4.99 sub it is 4.99 a month for the person um to to sponsor this person i do like the i i do like the word sponsor over subscribe as that's what i call my quote unquote subscribers from patreons my patrons they are my sponsors, right? It's just like a business sponsoring you and giving you money for advertising them. These folks are giving me money in order to create content and I'm very thankful for them. They're sponsors, they're sponsors of Davrum Gaming. <clears throat> So they're called sponsors. It costs people $4.99 a month, and they get custom emotes from the content creator who makes the emotes. So basically it's just like any other streaming platforms, subscription button, they just they just call it sponsors because they already have a subscribe button, which is their follow button. If you're on Twitch or Mixer or something like that, their subscribe button, basically you subscribe to the channel, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone knows how YouTube works. Um, I think it's a, I I think in my opinion, the best way I described it today was YouTube and Google are driving down the road and they've missed their exit about five different times. And the GPS is currently screaming at them and telling them they're going the wrong way and they're doing things horribly wrong. And, you know, people in the car are getting really irritated at them. And now they've got to figure out a way to turn back around and turn the ship around. So they launched this, which, yes, will make some content creators on YouTube very happy, specifically those streaming and trying to make YouTube gaming a thing. However, in general, I think it's too little too late. I don't think YouTube, with their current model and how they are trending, gives content creators a reason to be there. Yes, I upload things on YouTube. Um, primarily because I work with MMORPG.com and I provide them game reviews and I provide them patch notes, uh, videos and stuff like that. And they only support YouTube. So my stuff has to be on YouTube in order for them to to get that content, which they work with me to do. So that's why my stuff's there. If I didn't have that need to be on YouTube, I wouldn't be on YouTube. There's nothing out there that would say, if I'm a new content creator, go to YouTube. It's just like if I'm a new content creator, there's nothing out there that would push me to Twitch. Yes, I love folks on Twitch. I have a lot of friends on Twitch. I've got a lot of great content creators that I support on Twitch, but in my opinion, Twitch is the Model T. It's the old car that's sitting in the garage that looks absolutely gorgeous. It's completely functional, but it's not the new hotness. There are new, better platforms out there that are growing exponentially every single day, such as Mixer, that offer viewers and broadcasters a much more intimate connection and a better way to communicate and experience the game or experience whatever content or entertainment they're providing. And I just think that is where YouTube is, is they've fallen so far off the boat, they've missed so many exits on making content creators the focus instead of ads being the focus. And the ads being the focus is getting them in trouble. So in the end, again, like I said, if you are a a content creator, look to what's out there. Don't just go with the flow. Don't just go what everyone has done for the last five to 10 years. Don't just settle for YouTube don't just settle for Twitch, because it may not be the realm for you. I started on Twitch. I started on YouTube. And like I said, I still, I still publish stuff on YouTube for, for the, the companies that I work for. But if I had to do it all over again, I would do more research on the industry and figure out what is out there. Just like games like Fortnite and PUBG if people would do a little bit more research instead of just jumping on the bandwagon, they may find that there are other games such as Fortnite that fit more of their needs and fulfill more of their desires and fun um, in their gaming selection than PUBG and it's basically single mode. Um, and in general, that's what we sh- you know should be doing. We shouldn't just be jumping on whatever the best streamer or the most popular streamer is streaming or what everyone's talking about or the ads you pop up on Facebook or whatever as far as the video games. Do some research. Learn what's out there. Figure out what games and game companies are bringing to the table and then, you know, test some stuff out. Make your decision um, that way instead of just going with what's popular. Because if you go with what's popular, sometimes you win. Sometimes you're very happy with your game selection. You're very happy with your content creation selection. You're very happy with um, where, wherever you end up. But other times you sit there and you're like, why am I doing this? It is what's popular right now, so I guess I'll continue, but I'm not enjoying this at all. And you potentially could waste your money. So. In my opinion, do some research. If you are going to want to become a content creator, do some research uh, on which platform you would like. And we're going to probably do another podcast about the differences between Twitch and Mixer and YouTube gaming and stuff like that coming up Um, in some episodes in the future. But when it comes to games, make sure you're doing your research, make sure you're spending your money wisely on a video game that's, um, that's really good playability and replayability. Because my opinion is a game, let's say a new game is $60. You should be getting $1 per hour of enjoyment. So a $60 game should provide you 60 good quality hours of fun. If it doesn't provide you 60 good quality hours of fun, it was a waste of money. That's my scale. I don't know what your scale is. You can let me know on Twitter at Davroom gaming. How do you judge your video games based on the cost? Is it just, Whatever's popular or, or maybe a series of games that you like Destiny to Destiny 2, the Assassin's Creed series, Battlefield, you know, Call of Duty, whatever it may be. Is it just because you've enjoyed, you know, the previous game that you'll always keep buying the new one? Or do you actually have a process that you determine I'm buying this game at $60? I need to get this much enjoyment out of it so that I know that my money was worth it. So please do let me know twitter.com slash Davram gaming, or you can search Twitter at Davram gaming. Let me know. And again, as always, thank you to my patrons over there on Patreon. You can find me on Patreon search for Davram gaming without their financial support each and every month. I wouldn't be able to make this possible. And uh, after some uh, recent events, my focus is 110%, if that was even possible, 100% on content creation and making this my full-time job. I do need a little bit more support to get there, but I'm going to put in all the work uh, that I can in order to make this, uh, th- this happen. Um, but thank you again to all my patrons because for right now, they are keeping me going. And, uh, and I hope I can say that in the near future, this could be our full-time gig and you can expect a lot more weekly content from Davum check it out mixer.com slash youtube davram gaming and vid.me slash gaming take care of yourselves and each other we'll see you next time on the double d